Welcome to the Genuinely You podcast channel, which is packed with advice and tips on how to live your life with purpose. Do you wish you felt happy and fulfilled? Are you feeling stuck, wishing things could be better? Are you ready to take some action and create the life you want? To start living an empowered life, you need to recognize and make full use of the power and freedom that comes from being genuinely you. Your host is Gina Gardner, a number one best-selling author whose whole life has been about supporting people to achieve personal empowerment, helping people just like you recognize that they can. And fulfillment. And here's Rachel Davidson, my good friend, who has written The Point of Me and yes. The Truth of Her, which is about to be published. Both of us are number one international best-selling authors. And welcome to today's Genuine Chat. Today's Genuine Chat is all about respect. And it's one of the themes that's come up several times this week in all sorts of different guises. Yes. Um, and we thought it would be a, a good subject to explore today oh. in terms of what does respect mean when you talk about having respect for oneself uh -huh. and respect for others and how does that, how does that operate within the, you know, the, the, the principle of having boundaries, for example, uh -huh. and what impact does that have on our happiness? Yep. Because it's my belief that if you don't respect yourself, you don't have a great relationship with yourself, yes. it's very difficult to be happy. Yes. And if you, um, if, you, if you haven't got clear boundaries or other people are, are taking no notice of your boundaries, mm -hmm. again, that has a huge impact on how happy you feel. Yeah. And whether you feel um, respected or yeah. abused. Yeah. Um, and abuse can be you know, very mild to very yeah, significant. Term. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so today, it's all about respect. Yeah. Steve's joined. <laughs> that is nice to see Steve. So my first question to you is, do you respect yourself? And what mm. do we mean by that? Mm. You know, and I think that, that what that means has probably changed over the years, hasn't it? Because if you think back to not that long ago, perhaps the 50s and 60s, girls were told to respect themselves and no sex before marriage. Mm. And that if you mm. had, um, uh, had a child illegitimately, it was seen that you lacked respect for yourself. And yet we live in a world now where many people don't marry. They choose not to marry. Mm. Um, and society... Um, does not see that mm. um, as a, a, an issue now in the same way that it did, you know, 50, mm. 60 years ago. Well, you get a lot of you get a lot of talk, don't you? Sort of, you know, on social media and the memes that come out where people sort of talk about handing over. Yeah. You know, don't give your power to other people, and you know, and and all of these sort of um, relationship aspects. And, um, and that's just another way of framing what we're talking about in terms of boundaries and having it sufficient uh, acknowledgement, because I think respect for me um, has a lot of coloration around awareness. Yes. I, I think if you are disrespectful, it, it, it's often actually easier to think about things in the negative yeah. of, of, and then highlight what the positive aspect of the behavior is. If you're disrespectful, it's often because you're very, you're being unaware of things. You're unaware of people's feelings. You're unaware of the impact. You haven't thought hard and long enough about no. consequences. You're, you are 
often, and I do believe that people are often disrespectful just out of a lack of thought rather than a malicious intent. Yes. Um, so, so respect in that sense means that, that I think it comes from, from a, a greater awareness of consciousness. And I think that is in society nowadays, that more, more and more people are, have, an, have an awareness of um, manners and behaviour and, and the importance of, of their independence and so on and so forth. Whereas previous years, as you were saying, it may have been much more about um, elders telling you what was expected of you and you had to live within those boundaries. And so respect had a much more formal, much more limited um, and in one way, I suspect it was actually easier because you didn't have to create your own sense of what respect was. You just were told at school that you respected your teacher and if your teacher had told you off or the police um, said something to you, there was an instant recognition that the status of the position gave you... Um, the awareness that they had to be respected in a very specific way in order for everybody to recognize that the respect was being respected was being uh, yeah. delivered if you like and i think one of the challenges today for everybody is that's become quite blurred well i think yeah, I mean, I think because because you begin to talk about it in, in those historical ways, and for whatever reason, that begins to make me think of being respectful as being tied up and held in a prison. <laughs> as I'm using dramatic words just to make the point, but um, it, you know that, that sort of do do as you are told type of uh, of um, aspect, which I think society has loosened. I think that you know. That there is a much looser definition of what is respectful behaviour, but I think it comes comes back down much more onto, onto the individual and whether things are in line with their core values. Do they yes. know what their core values are? Yes. So let's unpick a few examples because uh -huh. I think you know you've talked about um, respect in the sense of that if there's external respect demanded that that can be quite draconian and, and perhaps a negative thing. But let's talk about in schools, for example. I saw a, a huge shift during the 21 years that I was a, a head teacher, mm -hmm. principal if you happen to be an American listening to this. And I saw a huge shift in the way in which parents, for example, were prepared to work with the school. When mm -hmm. I first was a head teacher, if, if you know, there was a problem, the parents were much more likely to side with the school mm -hmm. in terms of dealing with their child. Mm. And I am generalising, but by the time I left, it was much more that the school really had to justify, I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but had to justify mm -hmm. what they were doing and prove what they said because parents were much more inclined to believe their children than believe mm -hmm. the teacher. Mm -hmm. Now, there's good and bad on both sides and mm -hmm. I don't want this to be, you know, this is right and this is wrong because actually it's all the devil's in the detail, the devil's in the oh. context and very I think it would be very easy to forget that. Yeah. But I do think at times it's gone too far when young children speak to adults in a very disrespectful way, um, simply because they can. Mm. 
Um, I was in um, a supermarket the other day um, and there was a child of about 10 who was shouting and swearing at their parent. Mm -hmm. Now, I believe that that was disrespectful. Mm. I think the vast majority of people would. (laughs) The boundaries in terms of what was acceptable, Mm. the expectations, Mm. Uh, were either not clear or not upheld and I think there's a difference often people make clear what they want or what they feel is right Mm. but then they don't uphold it there's no consequences Mm. when things are not uh, met in that way Mm. and I think a lot of children struggle because they have very mixed messages they're told on the one hand Mm. this is what I want but when they don't comply there nothing happens and so that boundary that that line in terms of respect gets completely eroded children particularly then will test Mm. you know if i can get away with this much can i get away with this much and the paradox of that situation is that the person being disrespectful you might you might think that intuitively they're going to be happy because they're getting what they want that they're able to behave in whatever fashion they want um, lumping whatever they want onto anybody else, but so so they should be happy. The, uh, but that's the paradox that nobody in that situation was happy. No, even the child doing the shouting and the demanding and the disrespectful uh, uh, at a certain level within their soul, they they know that that behaviour is not good. They know that in, in behaving in that way, um, pushing it out into the world, it's also pushing into them. Um, and the person being on the end of that and not standing up for themselves and not demanding a certain level of respect, they definitely can't be happy about it. The interesting thing, I think, for children in particular, but people in general, is we like to know where we are. We like that security. And people will deal with... Let's go back to the example of of teachers. My father taught in in his latter years. He did supply teaching for me. Mm -hmm. Incredibly strict. Yeah. Kids loved him. Why? Because he was strict, but he was was scrupulously fair. (laughs) And he listened to children. And if they came up with a convincing argument, then he would change his perspective and change his the way he was. Yes. But he was very clear about not only how he wanted youngsters to behave, Mm. but why that was important Mm. and it was never just because I told you so Mm. it was because there was what he was asking of them was actually reasonable yes and there was a a very good rationale and I think that's another area where it gets clouded that people have an expectation they don't have a very good rationale for it or the rationale keeps shifting Mm. Um, and the person on the receiving end has no understanding Mm. of why the other thing I think, and I think this is critical, is he respected each individual child mm. for who they were. Mm. So the respect was mutual. Mm. And I think if you want happiness, mm. it's important that respect is demonstrated on both sides yes. in a way that is meaningful for each individual party. Yes. So I want to give you another example. And that's the example of... Many young people are living at home far longer than um, used to be the case because of the price of houses. And um, we were made aware, weren't we, of a, a, a situation a few 
uh, days ago where the children who were now adults yes. um, felt it was unfair that they had to pull their weight around the house. Yes. And that they thought it was all too hard, that they'd got a job and they were working and yeah. um, not <laughs> actually recognising that their parent also had a job. Yeah. Um, and, and so there was this disconnect between what each of them felt was reasonable mm. um, and resulted in a lack of boundary and a lack of respect, mm. I would say, in mm. terms of that they were living virtually rent-free. Mm. But they did not believe that they had to make a, a reasonable contribution mm. in kind to the household. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I would, you know, one of the conversations I had with that person was, you know, ultimately it's about what's fair. Mm. It has to be in line with the person's age and ability. And often it's about their ability rather than their age. Mm. It has to be it has to be fair. It's not about giving the youngster all of the work to do and sitting reading a novel, you know, peeling oh, grapes and so as on. If, yeah. As if any parent's able to actually get that. But I don't, <laughs> I don't believe that there is anything in the rule book which says that parents have got doormat written on their forehead. <laughs> totally. And I will say that actually part of the dynamic around respect between parents and children has definitely come from the the mo very modern, in relative terms, um, uh, trend of helicopter parenting, of how, um, as a parent, you're only doing a good job if you are micromanaging every aspect of your child's yes. achievement and, you know, giving them extracurricular this and giving them extracurricular that. And, and, and I do think that, and I was subject to it when, when um, I was having my children, that, and I was very conscious of it, that's all. That's all new mothers are very conscious of, of um, not just, you know, keeping them warm, fed and alive, but I had to, you know, educate and inform and, and you know, ensure that they were the next Einstein. And, and, and I, well, you know, whilst that is good compared to, say, how the Victorian mother may have brought up. Have <laughs> seen it or heard, yeah. <laughs> there is this sort of then, the, the outcome is, yeah, the child is, um, inoculated into this thought that everything is supplied by the parent. You know, even sort of, you know, you will entertain me, my intent, my yes. attention, my, um, and, and I think that's what bleeds through into these adult children. Let's call them chadults. Yes. Because I, I do, I do not like adults who have a relationship of being a child to a, to a parent, but I don't like them being called children. It gets, it gets talked about a lot in my family. Oh, my elder sister and her children, all of them are in their mid-twenties and above, yeah? They're not children anymore. I understand it's a descriptive term, but, but there is this sense of infantilizing. still. There's a number of things that go on here. I don't believe parents are doing their, their children, their youngsters, um, a favour if they don't allow them, A, to explore, yeah. to fail safely and to manage failure, to learn how to do their washing, their ironing, their cooking. I'm not saying that you expect them to do it in their tiny, but if as they grow up, they take on a role within the household of, of, of contributing, I believe that shows not only respect 
to the parent, but also it is respectful in terms of giving that child the opportunity to grow and respectful that they actually have the capacity and the ability to do it. Well, this is what I try and tell, tell my children. Well, they'll resist <laughs> big time. They do. Um, but I was talking to somebody not long ago who had said, you know, when I was a youngster and my parents expected me to do this, I was really angry with them. Yeah. But when I got to university and I was surrounded by people who didn't know how to boil an egg, quite literally, uh. and I could do my own washing and ironing and uh. I could cook and I could budget, I was thrilled. Yeah that actually I was so much better resourced and better prepared yes. for adult life. Yes. Take it back to these um, adults, adults um, who are living at home, often with either very reduced rent or rent free, yeah. um, who do not actually recognize that their part of showing respect is to make a contribution. Yeah. I think we're doing them a disservice. Yeah. But I want to fast forward now because what about respect within relationships? Oh. Um, you know, I, I work with so many clients where the relationship is fairly destructive mm. and at the heart of that, there is a lack of respect on both sides oh. for, um, for each other as human beings. People talk in a way which is... It's toxic. Yes. You know, the tone of voice, the, the um, being critical of someone, not listening. I think that's a big thing, not being prepared to listen. Yeah. Being so ready to be right that a huge level of disrespect yeah. is shown. And I think one of the things that I believe would make so many people much happier is the ability to disagree, but at the same time agree that that's your opinion, that's your point of view, that's your faith, that's your way of doing. I don't happen to agree, but I don't have to get into argument with you. Uh -huh. I'm just, I, 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 we both accept that we come from different standpoints. And at this moment in time, Neither of us want to shift our perspective. Mm. So I respect your point of view, even if I don't agree. Mm. I think um, that losing a sense of respect for one's partner is uh, probably underneath every single broken relationship. I'm absolutely sure that's why. And it can happen in such tiny little ways, such little chinks of sort of, mm, okay. It's often not the big things, is it? It's those day-by-day -day small yeah. acts or lack of them. Yeah. Of those words or lack of them yeah. that make a difference. Yeah, I mean, just, it, can be, it can be big moments. Um, I can recall in, in my previous marriage certain moments where you know, it became apparent to me that he wasn't capable of finding the strength or uh, compassion or, or whatever. Uh, and I, I definitely lost respect. Mm. And, um, and I think it's, some, it's not something that actually gets talked about in relationships a great deal, actually, because no. that's sort of, everybody understands it, but, but it doesn't... But do they? They think Yeah, they okay. <clears throat> But I don't think it really gets talked about in the sense of an acknowledgement that um, 
neither of us wish to lose respect for yeah. one another. And so there has to be work done in order to, to keep that boundary, that butting up against one another can make your relationship work. It has to be talked about, doesn't it? It comes back to core values, doesn't it? Yeah. Because if your core people, values match and yeah. the behaviours that you need to experience in order to believe that your core values are being validated mm. need to match. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, if your core values match and you have an understanding of what the other person requires, and this is true of professional relationships, you know, how much unhappiness is there because my boss doesn't treat me with respect? Yeah. Bosses who think my team doesn't treat me with respect. Yeah. And it comes down to they don't listen, they don't acknowledge, they don't, um, there is no true communication in the sense that both people at parties are actually open yeah. and listening and curious yep. and care about what's the other conscious. Yeah. Absolutely. And so, you know, this whole uh, raft of respect percolates through every strata of people's lives on a day-by-day -day basis. Mm -hmm. It's even as simple as going into the shop um, and you've got two people behind the counter who don't stop talking to each other when you arrive. Mm. It feels disrespectful. Yes. It's, it is um, a, a situation where that can have a huge impact on people's mm. emotional state. Mm. And for many people, if they don't know how to manage their emotional state, that sense of being cross, frustrated, mm. feeling rejected mm. can follow through that day this is why society has such things like etiquette and and yeah. and, and grammar yes <laughs> I was talking about it on the radio i was asked you know, does grammar matter and the answer is it, it's yes it does because yes. it's polite to to uh, adhere to rules that the majority of people understand so that understanding and meaning can be communicated more, more efficiently it's just way, it yes. is a respectful yeah. way expecting somebody to have to trawl through your bad grammar yes. Not respectful, yes. you know. Being polite and and doing the the, the nice manners mm. is respectful. I'm often sort of you know having to nudge my children along in terms of table manners, mm. and um, I'll say to them, you know, if, you, if you're ever invited to a, a posh dinner, you know, you do not want to be disrespectful yes. because of the manner in which you're eating. You will, you know, people will judge you, and they will see that lack of respect to them. As a lack of respect within you, yeah. and then they will make judgments about how they can treat you. Absolutely, which <laughs> leads me very nicely on to respect for oneself. Yes, and in a sense, what we've been talking about is minor, I think, in terms of the importance of having respect for yourself, because everything emanates from the way in which you respect you. Yes, if you respect who you are. You will treat yourself well. We've talked a lot about being fair to yourself, having the same set of criteria for yourself as you do for others, being your own best friend. But yeah. if you have no respect for yourself, then you will not look after your physical, mental, emotional and spiritual self because yeah. you will believe that you are of no account. Well, we were talking about compassion the other night, yeah. aren't we, with the Thrive Tribe? And... Um, Brené Brown talks about the ability to live a, a wholehearted, compassionate life. And one of the key 
differentiators in her research yes. is that people who regularly are able to demonstrate compassionate behaviour towards their yes. fellow men are all pretty much to a, to a person very clear on what behaviour is and isn't acceptable in their lives. They have clear boundaries. Mm -hmm. So they clearly respect themselves. They have done the thinking. They are aware about what values are right for them and how that should manifest. Yes. And they stick to it. And from giving themselves boundaries, which some people might say, oh, that's a prison. They were being dramatic. <laughs> um, but in giving themselves boundaries, they then are freer and have more energy because it is an energetic thing. It's yes. about, you know, um, disrespect is about trying to steal energy from somebody else's yes. energetic body. Um, they feel much better, more able to, to, to hand out the love, to give to, give to their fellow man, and so respect is invented. Respect, I think, is absolutely crucial if you're going to live a happy life. Respecting yourself, everything starts with you. So if you don't feel good about yourself, if you don't create boundaries which you're expecting other people to match, mm. setting out, in order to feel respected, these are the things I expect from you. And they don't need to be draconian. One would like to think that they're going to be reasonable. Mm although that's a subjective thing. Yeah. But things like, if you're going to be in a relationship with me, I expect you to respect me and to treat me well. Yes. But that's not going to happen if I don't treat me well. Yeah. I can't expect other people to, um, to, to live by a set of boundaries that I'm not prepared to live by myself because mm. you show by example, don't you? Mm. If you um, treat yourself well, then other, you're going to expect that from other people and that other people will see you treating yourself well. Yeah. And they will, are much more inclined to do the same. And if yeah. they don't, then you will withdraw, won't you? You will say, actually, don't talk to me about that. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. not what I deserve. Yeah. Um, I treat you with respect and it has to be mutual. You cannot, you've got to respect me, but I'm not going to respect you. Well, that's what the Aretha Franklin song was about. Absolutely. You know, she's Full earning circle. the money. She's earning the money and she's asking her, her partner to um, to at least show a little bit of respect when she gets home. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, respect is one of those things which is one of the bedrocks mm. of happiness. Mm. Respecting yourself, respecting other people. We've not had time to talk about respecting the environment. Mm -hmm. you know, if you uh, respect yourself and you want to live in, in surroundings which are the best they can be, you don't drop litter. You don't have a really messy desk or... No. no. Cluttered, um, <laughs> a cluttered environment, generally speaking, leads to a cluttered mind. Yeah, I mean, because of cluttered this mind, is yeah. such a rich source of yeah. conversation. We could go on forever, but sadly, yeah. our time is yeah. up. What I would suggest is that if you'd like to think about respect and how that affects you, mm. what, are the, uh, what are the areas in your life where you feel respected? Mm. Where are the areas that you would like to see more respect mm. shown? And I would always...
always start with you. Do you respect yourself? Do you look after yourself? Feed yourself healthily. Look after your body. Do you deal with emotional stuff or do you bury it? Because burying it shows little respect for the fact that it's got a message for you. Mm -hmm. There's an opportunity to learn. If you would like to feel happier, then why not take up the seven-day happiness challenge? Um, And there's now, very newly published this week, there's a happiness challenge book, um, which includes a journal, which you can find on the website or on Amazon. You know, you deserve to be happy. And if you respect yourself, then happiness is something that you will choose, um, make that active choice to um, create the environment in which you can be happier. And that's an environment where you show yourself and others true respect. So thanks for joining us. The website is genuinely-you.com. That's genuinely-you.com. You'll find all our books there and you'll find the new book there or go on to Amazon um, and take up the seven-day happiness challenge. It's free. It is free. Thank you very <laughs> much. The book isn't, but the, the, uh, the video challenge is. So thanks very much for joining us. Love to know the areas where you feel that you would like to be shown more respect. Yeah. Before I leave, there's just, Amanda. Um, Amanda says, respect is very important to me. And I think even if you don't think it's important, it is absolutely. So go and take the happiness challenge. Respect yourself enough to give yourself the opportunity to feel happier more consistently. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next week. Bye now. Bye. You've just been listening to another great Genuinely You podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Genuinely You is a culmination of Gina's work, spanning over 30 years of helping people learn what makes them feel happy and truly fulfilled and how to achieve it. Please visit genuinely-you.com today to find out more.